David Fano, welcome to Happy and Succeeding in the Future of Work. I'm so excited. I feel part of this, David. So David Fano started Teal, founder, CEO. But what I'll do is I'm going to hand it off to you because um, I got to know him by talking about him and writing an article. And uh, he has this great platform that's fantastic to help job seekers, people on their career journey. So if you are thinking of looking for a job, if maybe unfortunately you lost your job and need one, or you just need some guidance, the floor is open to you, Dave. <laughs> you can kind of tell a little bit about Teal and what it's about. Thanks, Jack. Uh, I appreciate the invite, and I, I, I thank you for for covering the story. Um, you know, I think as we were thinking about folks that could cover the story, it's you know, it's, it's this is less of a this is a tech story and more of a career story. Uh, and so finding someone that really understand the career journey and how people think about it. And so you're the perfect partner for that. Thank you so much. Um, I'm live streaming. So I'm like looking at myself here. I'm trying not to do that. <laughs> it's um, hard to concentrate with that. Now, stream, right? Make sure it's working. Um, so yeah, a little bit about me. Um, you know, this, this process in and of itself has been quite reflective and, you know, I've, I've liked all my jobs, you know, more days than not. Um, until the days I didn't, and I'd switch on to do something else. And this job is one of the most fulfilling I've had to date. Because when I look back throughout my career, there's a couple things that really make this kind of like the perfect job for me. And I actually got reminded in in some of the comments that people were making yesterday. The the co-founder of the company we ended up selling to WeWork said, you know, Dave's always made content and liked helping people use technology. And that's actually true. Like that's the constant. When I, I ended up studying architecture because my dad was a builder and I wanted to be a comic book artist. It was kind of like a, a fun in between. It was a real job as he called it. Um, but what I realized in that process is that I loved building, not buildings. Like I love making stuff. I love getting my hands dirty. And, and I love helping people make stuff. Um, you know, through the use of technology. And so I ended up studying architecture, but through all that time, I was like a teaching assistant. And what I went, like what people would come to me for was helping them use technology, how to 3D model, how to script, how to code. And I loved seeing technology empower people. I just loved it. Like people, you know, there's only so many minutes in the day and technology expands that. It increases our potential and tools in general increase our potential. Uh, and I've always loved that. And so that's really what I focused the bulk of my career on. Um, when I worked at an architecture firm, I, I focused on implementation and internal training of software. Then I started a consulting business with two uh, amazing co-founders that basically helped people in the building industry leverage technology and information. That company eventually got acquired by WeWork, uh, where I was an executive there. And, uh, you know, leveraged, you know, my role was never a technology role specifically, but I had technology reporting into me and I was able, I had purview to build systems. So I built all the systems that helped us manage signing leases all the way to opening buildings. Um, when, you say, the, when you say systems, I don't mean to interrupt, systems, not technology systems, but just like policies, both. procedures, programs, both. process and technology. So did you have to teach yourself how to code or? No, I was, so our company case built, like, I mean, I do know a little bit, like I know enough right. to be dangerous. Um, I've been more on the design side and like product design, um, but I've always sort of partnered with the builders there, the engineers. Um, but I was responsible for that system being designed and built. And it's actually something that our company case originally built. And that was part of the reason that we work acquired us. Um, so for a while at case, I oversaw our software development unit until we hired someone 
better than me to do it. <laughs> so um, how 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 is we are we'll get to teal in a minute, but we work. What a crazy ride! Like how what was it like over there? Was it as over the top as like the TV show show you know uh, portrays, or was it more tame? Or like, well, you know, it's it's tricky to turn ten years into seven hours or eight yeah. hours of television. So. Um, I feel like if you take anything over that time span and condense it, there's definitely moments you know, <laughs> that can be made a little more exciting and fun. What, what I tell people is I feel like the show did a good job of capturing like some of the emotions you felt when you were there. So I called it like emotionally accurate. I don't know if I'd call it like to the minute accurate, um, but it was a place where people were truly engaged with this mission and they loved it and they loved going to work. And it was a combination of work hard, play hard. Um, and I think Adam has an incredible people, an incredible ability to uh, storytell and get people excited um, about a mission that is like beyond the work. And I think he did that really well. Like, I really think that that company accomplished things that, most companies can accomplish at a certain point like when we were humming we were opening 2 million square feet of space a month uh, across anywhere from 100 to 120 different locations over the world you know we were on the same day opening a building in argentina shanghai new york city california we'd probably be in 50, you know 10 different countries all opening at the first of the month every month then we also had a sales team that were making sure that those buildings were opening like 50 to 60% occupancy like it really was incredible. And so um, I have very fond memories of being there. I worked incredibly hard, but I also have a, I have a belief that like the work that we find most fulfilling, we understand in retrospect and it was hard at the time. I don't think like the things were just like, yeah, that was okay. We don't remember those. So it was hard. And there was a lot of like, you know, hard moments um, and, you know, high pressure moments. Um, but um but yeah, and you know, I think it was there was a lot of you know, there's a lot of complications. A company that goes to that size, you know, I, I don't know, there were tens of thousands of people. I don't know, fifteen thousand people. By the time I left, when I got there, we were like four hundred. You know, um, just a lot of systems were changing, um, and just at the, at the rate that we needed to do it. So the show did a good job of capturing a lot of those fun things. Then there was also things that were just like patently false, right? There was like some of those characters, like amalgamations of real people. There's very few people, I'd say, maybe there's like, I don't know, three or four characters that maybe mildly resembled people in real life, but the rest were kind of like, I think well-crafted, um, but were kind of like invented characters to help the narrative move forward. And then, and then I guess, is it one of those things and it all came crashing down or what happened, but it started kind of falling apart a little bit, right? And I think that's what led you, if I'm not mistaken, to where we are now. Yeah, so it was like, I don't think there was like an acute moment to like, oh, there it goes, it's broken, Yeah, right? I don't think those things work that way. Um, there's just too many things in place. You know, the majority of the people come to work every day to do the things that they think are right to help the company be successful because ultimately that affects their livelihood. Uh, that may, you know, someone else may not agree that that's the right thing for the business, but that person is trying to do what they think is right because ultimately it affects them. You know, it's a, it's a selfish act, but it, the collective benefits. Um, and uh, so, and I think as a company got bigger, there was just starting to be like, 
diverging opinions on what people thought was the right thing for the company. And a lot of that is how you set up a company, right? Especially a company that has a strong like physical presence mm -hmm. in the sense that like geography really starts to matter. Um, and this was like an interesting thing because we were at this intersection. I, I, I buy the narrative and believe the narrative that we were more tech company than real estate company. Um, I know a lot of people would, would disagree with that, but, um, at the end of the day, we took, I really believed in this sort of, um, metaphor or analogy with like Amazon web services. Cause at the end of the day, Amazon web services does have, there are physical servers. And actually a client does care about the proximity to those servers because that affects latency and lag time and all sorts of things like that. But to be able to, they needed more physical servers. But what they then were able to do was it offer this elastic infrastructure that companies really needed. And real estate is really should be elastic because companies need to grow, but you know the existing infrastructure is one of like 15 year leases because that's the best thing for landlords. And WeWork was providing that, which at, at its fundamental level, is much more akin to like an enterprise software company where you can you can operate in an account basis. You can measure profitability on an account basis, CAC to LTV on an account basis. But then you have this physical business that is like on an, is what I'd call an asset basis. So you check the margin and profitability of an asset. And so some of those things, there's no right answer. It's really hard, but you know, you have some people that you want to make responsible on an asset basis. So what's the margin of this building? And then you have people that you want them to grow on an account. I want you to become, you know, I want you to be an amazing service provider, the head of real estate at this company and then wherever they need space in the world, you're going to help them. Right. But each market has different margin profiles and the cost of toilet paper and the cost of cleaning, cleaning, you know, providers. So it got very complicated. And so I think that a lot of those things were really unprecedented um, at the scale that we were trying to do it. And some of those things just got really, really hard. I also think that there was, you know, as we expanded, and as we wanted to grow, we took on things that would say were out of our core, core um, competencies, you know, and I think then that started to spread people kind of thin. And so I don't think it was like one thing, right? Because I think some things made sense to add on as new services and some things a little less so. And I think at a certain point, you're like, oh, okay, like this is, it's starting to break, it's starting to get a little undone, but now we've made these commitments. And, and so I think it was kind of a slow thing that sort of on the surface and from the outside looks like it was like a big, you know, I do think there was a couple moments that really like shine, like the S1 going live. And I think there was a few moments in particular that kind of exacerbated the situation. But I wouldn't say that there was any like one action that you could pin it down to or one thing. I think it was just like a combination of a lot of things of a lot of people trying to do the right thing and they just didn't line up. And then yeah, I get, if I recall, so there are downsizings and that's where you first got kind of a taste, if you will, of, hey, wow, how can I help people who are losing their jobs to kind of find jobs? Yeah, it's like, it was a combination of, of, uh, of things that I experienced. Mm -hmm. And the first was, I, I wasn't enjoying my job anymore. Uh, I, was, I was at the intersection of this kind of like regional central debate. Uh, I've got my beliefs on the right way to scale a business, but they're, 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 that's what they are, they're beliefs. There's no right and wrong answer. Um, and, you know, and, they, and the, the company was going in a different way. It was going in this, you know, I have a belief that people should report into functions. I'm kind of like a centralist, functionalist person. Um, and, but, you know, 
other people believe that a regional approach was the right approach for the business. And so that was just like a debate that I was getting really tired of having. I didn't really agree with it as a growth strategy. Again, it doesn't make it wrong, but it was kind of leaving me in a, um, I wanted to just like focus on my job and not these other things that were like bigger organizational things. Again, no right, wrong answer, but it's like, this isn't fun for me. I don't, there are people who enjoy that. that that's not an enjoyable, that just being like an ongoing thing. Um, and ultimately, like Adam and I didn't agree on that. He believed in regions. And that's, again, I, I can't emphasize enough that there's no right and wrong answer. That's the person leading the company, whatever, thinks that they're going to drive them the most success. Um, and so that was that was unenjoyable. And so that was or that are like, you know, the days of it not enjoying to work mm-hmm. and not enjoying work were starting to outnumber the days of enjoying work. And so that's like, OK, you know, even someone who's like, look, I was paid well. I had a lot of money in equity. But I just was not really, it was affecting my personal life. Like my time at home was not great. It's like, this isn't good. No matter all those things, like I got to enjoy my work. So that being like top of mind, then next was the process of deciding to leave and like the amount of anguish and discomfort. And, you know, we worked at a great job of making that as seamless and transition and smooth as possible, but employment agreements, hiring an employment lawyer, nothing was contentious, but just like, I've got this document that's 20 pages. I don't even know what I agreed to. I I need a professional to help me with this. Um, And so I was like, this is weird. I was like, I have the resources, but like, what do most people have in this situation? This is crazy. And like to have to pay a lawyer, you know, sometimes upwards of a thousand dollars an hour to read these documents. I was like, I I kind of feel like there's technology that can make this more accessible to more people. Mm -hmm. And then came the layoffs after I left. And I was like, and it all just kind of came to a head. And I said, now all these people, like, how are they going to deal with this? Like, they just got caught off guard. You know, um, they've got to, you know, companies have to do what they have to do in these situations happen. And so I think, I think it's not realistic to think that companies have to behave in a certain way. I went the other way around. It's like, what could we do to equip a workforce to never be caught, you know, off guard, to never be, uh, you know, sort of on their heels in a situation like this, there's technology that could help them, right? It's like, you know, always, you know, okay, let's go. I'm job searching now. Start finding me jobs. Help me make my resume. Like, let's go. The world's reactive. You got to do this. Mm-hmm. And so all those things together, I was like, I'm really excited about trying to build this problem. And and I wanted to tackle a big problem that helped a lot of people. I really connected with WeWork's mission. I, I really think that work is a source of energy for us when we're in the right work but a lot of people are in the wrong work. Like I was at the time. And I also think it's a dynamic thing. I don't think it's something you like decide once and it's fixed forever. Um, And so I I was like, I I just, I really want to, I want to put something in the world that helps people have that level of control over the things that they're doing um, and that, you know, provides for their livelihood and, and all, you know, we're just so connected with our work. And I was excited about that. I don't, I don't want to get too personal, but, how did your family feel when you said, okay, I'm leaving, you know, this huge company that was on this, you know, meteoric rise, and I'm going to kind of start something from scratch. Were they like, no, go for a safe job somewhere else? Or how is that? Or how did you feel about it? Did you just feel, this is what I want to do. I want to start something fresh and new and build it up from scratch. And I'm going to take that risk. Yeah. You know, you're, it's such a great question because I would say it's the, um, at its core, the real challenge with career advice. <clears throat> and so it was, it was all over the map, right? I would talk to my dad, my dad's an immigrant and work provides a paycheck, 
right? So I talked to him. He's like, what's wrong with you? Like, you have a great salary. This company's going to go public. Just shut up. Just like, shut up, go back to work and just like, do your thing, do what they tell you to do. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. That's info. You know, other can, people. Can, can I, can I, can I share Can I interject for something? Sure. So I was, a I was a, a partner at an executive search firm. And I say partner quotes because some partners have more say than others. And I was feeling miserable. I was, I was making a lot of money doing really well, but just like you say, really unhappy. And I was thinking, hey, I just want to start my own search firm where, you know, I could be more in control of my destiny. And my, I had the conversation with my dad, the same thing. He's like, Jack, you're doing really well. Why are you going to rock the boat? Just kind of stay with it. And at the time, the person who's kind of the senior guy there, I, on a public thing, I don't want to say anything, but it was just, it was where I felt I didn't have much of a choice. But he was like, but nah, you could get through it. Just... And I was like, that, same thing. Thank you very much, but I got to do what I got to do. So it's it's really interesting. Same thing where you just felt, I don't know, do you feel this way too? Like if you didn't do it and make that move and you just took another corporate job, you couldn't look yourself in the mirror because you would say, God, what if, what if I, you know what I mean? If I would have taken that chance instead of being with ABC widget company, like I would always regret it. Is that kind of what you're going through? So what, you know, what I am... It was affecting a lot of parts of my life. Yeah. And, um, you know, a person whose opinion really mattered to me. I mean, look, everyone's opinion was, but like it's my yeah. wife. Mm-hmm. And as you know, you know, we had, um, there was a couple things at the time that sort of informed, you know, my wife got pregnant with our second daughter. Um, it was just creating a lot of tension between us. And so in her mind, she's like, why are you still here? She's like, honestly, I don't care. Like we can live out of a shoebox. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to be married to someone who's happy. Right. And I want to, I want to model a behavior that our kids see um, that we're proud of, which is like enjoying your work, you know, being able to be around, um, you know, not being, you know, grumpy all the time. (laughs) And, uh, and so, you know, as soon as I told her, she said, great. She's like, when, when, when can you leave? You know, (laughs) kind of like her mindset. Um, And so it, it just goes to show, right? Like it, it, because my dad wasn't necessarily wrong. Right, in right. A way. He was There's looking no out right for your best wrong. interest. He was being conservative, old school, conservative. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And your wife's taking a different approach. She's like, I could, I could see you're not happy. I could see you're miserable. And fortunately, you married well because she sounds like she's very level-headed, not materialistic. And not everyone is like that, both men and women. You know what I mean? So- so she was kind of looking after your best interest and the family's best interest. And she felt, hey, if you're going to be happy, even if we don't make as much money, even if you're not having all those stock options, that's fine. Rather have a happy family than you having a lot of stock options and the whole family's miserable. Yeah, and it was, it was like the whole range, yeah. right? I would talk to, you know, it's also the other thing, it's like a very isolating experience, which is also mm-hmm. like brought like my empathy for the job seeker. It's, it's, um, it's existential, right? Like, well, what if not? I'm, and they're all in your head. Like the range between like factual and sort of conceptual is like, oh, if I tell somebody and the company finds out they're going to fire me on the spot, which is probably not going to be true, but it does happen. You, you feel it. You're worried about it. You're worried about it. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to my coworkers, but that's not really responsible. Right? I shouldn't like poison them with my unhappiness. Because yeah. um, there's some people who are like, this is great. I love it. You know, and then, you know, it's a very different situation. So it's very isolating. It's very lonely. It's very, 
difficult. And I'm a person who needs to like externalize. That's my personality. Um, you know, I ended up going to therapy a little bit at the time. To, it, was a, it was a channel for me to talk through it. I also started to get executive coaching, which is also an area that, you know, that opened up to me as something that I thought would you know, increase my excitement around career advising and executive co you know, and coaching. So that experience, is, you know, it was complicated. It really made me understand in a better way just how important this is and, and how under-resourced a lot of people are when they go through this very difficult time and to get kind of like objective guidance it is really hard. It is. And, and that's one of the reasons it's interesting when, when you folks reached out and said, hey, do you want to write about it? You know, after 25 years of placing people, you know, I know it's so hard. And yet, like you say, a lot of it is a lonely pursuit because exactly why you're mentioning when people are looking for a job, think about it, you really can't tell your coworkers, even the ones you trust, because it's so awkward, it's uncomfortable, because you know how it is. Let's say you and I are coworkers and I tell you, and then I leave, the boss will say, hey, Dave, why didn't you say anything? Maybe we would have kept Jack. So it just puts <laughs> you in an awkward spot. And also, you know, then you get mixed feelings. Even people care about you. They could be like, same thing like your dad said to my dad, hey, you're getting paid well, stay, what's wrong with you? And then you start like, oh, maybe I should stay. So it's really hard when you go on that journey. And then also what's so hard, especially lately, the interview process is so cold. It takes forever. You have to meet three to 10 people. You get ghosted. You don't get feedback. So even when you're interviewing, it's just a really tough, brutal experience that it really, it, 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 I think in my own opinion, I think it really harms the psyche of a lot of people because they feel, hey, you didn't ask me back or you didn't give me the offer. It's because of me. And you start your self-esteem erodes, your confidence erodes. So then when you try to interview the next time, you don't come across too well. So there's such a need for help. There's such a need for giving good advice, you know, whether it's through technology and AR and machine learning or just holding hands or just going to therapy or speaking to somebody. So it's, um, I'm a really big advocate. So that's why I was really glad to see what you're doing because the job seeker, they need help. They need guidance desperately. Yeah. And it's, you know, what, you know, I said when, and kind of the, the way we've built this company, I, I told everyone, I want to build a company that does good and then mm -hmm. does well. Like that's, that's the company I want to build that. That's the company I want right. to work at for the rest of my life. Um, and in this space, that's really hard. You know, um, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of like career coaches, resume writers, people selling info courses. There's a lot. And, and a lot of them are making money. And I, I wouldn't, I think they mean to do well, but oftentimes I don't think they do well. Um, and what do you mean, they do don't like do good. Bad, they don't do mean, good. mean like bad advice or just? Yeah, there's uh, like, it's like very clickbaity. I think they, like the, they use like, you know, tactics around like fear. And if you don't do this, you're not going to get that job. And you got to, you know, I mean, look, there's all sorts of incredible people online, like Amy Miller, who like, you know, debunk a lot of this like ATS stuff. But, yeah. you know, there's like all these, um, um, yeah, just think people using like false scare tactics. And at the end of the day, and, and then there's the system itself, which I don't think we're going to change it, but I don't say that in a defeatist way. I think I acknowledge it for what it is. Like we live in a capitalistic society, it's a market and it's never going to make sense for you to go to your employer and say, I'm thinking about leaving. I mean, 
you know, maybe you're like the lucky one in a thousand that has an incredible manager that's going to help you talk through that. But the the risk just outweighs the reward. Because um, at the end of the day, it's a commercial relationship for services and value. And I, as an employer in there, I include managers, I have an obligation to succeed. And if I find out one of my resources to help me succeed is thinking about leaving, I logically have to do the next best thing to make sure we keep succeeding, you know? And so when I try to think about it, and it's like just very logical ways, then of course, there's then like the human component, and there's like, hey, the longer term view. And if I, you know, maybe we'll work together in the future, let's maintain the relationship. So I understand that and I don't try to do it like devoid of those things. But at the end of the day, like, these are machines. And these machines need to operate and they have to take the best action. And so I get it that that's the world we live in. Um, at least here in the US. Um, and, and so instead of like, trying to complain about it, fight about it, you know, try to change it, it's like, well, okay, well, let's, Let's acknowledge it for what it is and let's try to equip people with the tools and resources to navigate it. Because I think that's also the problem is like people don't know how to play the game um, and they don't understand and they don't know what they don't know and they think they can change it. And they think that, um, you know, if, if, if they rally enough people, they can change it. And that's that look, maybe, hopefully, I don't, and I don't want to dissuade anyone from trying to do big things. But I think in the short term, if we just equip people with tech, because I think, when it comes to careers, I also think the the set of conditions that people experience are at a high level finite, right? I think there's sure there's infinite things, but like having a bad relationship with a manager, there's like a playbook I can give you for how to deal with that, right? I can ask you a certain number of questions where I can then say, okay, these might be some tactics you employ. Um, when it comes to your interviewing, negotiating, a lot of these things can be and people just don't understand the the conditions. So what ends up happening, it's it's combined in a bunch of people's heads. And, and then they end up charging a lot to get access to that knowledge. But I think we can codify it all and make it accessible to people. And so understand their situation in real time. And I think that's that's the thing about career advice is a lot of it, is it, it depends, right? If your resume, let's just take the simple example of resume advice. If you're fresh out of school, there is resume advice that makes sense. If you are 10 years into your career, there is resume advice that makes sense. If you're 10 years out of your career and applying to a startup versus applying to Amazon, there's different advice that I would give you. And they're not universal truths, but the list is finite. And like technology can help you with that. And there's a lot of things that technology can know. And especially when put together in aggregate, I think it can do more than any of the things that have tried in the past to kind of homogenize the workforce and collectively have them work together because it's just not true. People have individual pursuits. And I think with knowledge work, it's even harder. So I think it's a, it's a technology problem at its core. So how does that work with technology? Because someone like myself who's old, you know, you're used to, you know, hey, it's the old, you know, interpersonal relationship, sitting face to face, you know, you know, this is it's so funny, like from the pandemic now face to face, it's crazy. What are you talking about? So face to face conversations. How does technology, AI, machine learning, how does that replace it? So, look, I, I'm not a I don't believe in it being a generational problem. Mm -hmm. um, I actually think it's a personality thing. Um, and when I said technology problem earlier, I think it's a technology solution. I actually, mm -hmm. I don't think technology is the problem. Um, you by personality are a face-to-face -face person. Like 
if I try to only interact with you in text, it's just not going to work for you. Right. There are other people. Oh, I talk, you know, yeah. I, I talk no, but to lately, I've, I've come around to it though. It took a while for me to do it. Now it's much easier, you know, especially with family members that like, instead of, you know, you're going to be on the phone call for like an hour and just it's like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Uh, so I've come around to it. Yes. When you also, but, even the nature of the conversation is yeah. probably different. Yeah. Right. Like you figure out a way to connect probably on like interpersonal ways through text. And so I think like the medium yeah. matters less. Yeah. Like I was talking to someone the other day who said to me, Oh, I, I really hate thank you emails because it's like one more obligation for me. Like now I have to reply to that. Like for me, I was like, Whoa, I thought it was like universally true that you're supposed yeah. to send a thank yeah. you email. And so what, like what that meant to me was like, there are no universal truths. It is all on a per person basis. And that's why I think all of these like hiring and ATS things are also just, they're just not true. It really matters on the recruiter on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. So there is a recruiter who has whatever fairy tale version of this ATS is, let's just say that existed for a minute, who still wouldn't want to use it because they don't, they like to look at it. So it's ultimately, we are operating with people, but I don't think that that means you can't leverage technology to do that better, right? So there's this really cool technology called Crystal, right? Like based off a person's LinkedIn can guesstimate, I'd say pretty closely their personality uh, using DISC, right? Like if I did it on yours, I think it would be accurate. And I think it would tell me, look, Jack's how, a people wait, person. So what is it? Is that like an extension or add, how do you how Yeah, do it's you a Chrome that? extension. Uh, it's a Chrome extension and it gives you a person's DISC profile. Um, which disc is just a, you know, one of the many personality assessments, but it would tell me Jack's the people person, Jack yeah. likes to connect with you on an interpersonal, okay. you know, level first. Um, and you know, now that's a place where technology can say, Hey, look, when you're going to write Jack, don't just cut straight to the chase, right? Like talk about stuff, like ask him how his weekend was. And then, you know, then you can get to work. Right. And so like, those are places where because especially, so I'm a people person and that may might be my default, but other people aren't. Like I, some people don't care how your weekend was and that's not a negative. <laughs> yeah. It's just not interesting to them. It's like, what's the work? Let's cut to the chase. Here's one sentence. I expect you to answer me and not be offended by that. And so I think those are ways that technology can help people ultimately have better joint outcomes. And so let's say you have somebody who, you know, let's say Christine is saying, Hey, I'm, um, you know, I want to kind of check out, see what kind of options I have. Do you sign up? Is it a membership? Um, how, how does it like work from like start to going through? And is it only for job hunters or could it be just people who just want to advance their career within their own company and learn and get access to upskilling? Yeah, so our long-term ambition is to be with people from the day they start working mm -hmm. to the day they retire and give them the tools, skills, and recommendations to build a career that works for them. Uh, you know, what we say is on their terms. That's a very big problem. That's a, you know, that's the company we intend to be and we're going to work our way to that. But we, what we said is, what's a moment in the career that we can pick when people pause and stop and think about their career? Um, and that's when they job search, right? It's that moment that I had where it's like, what I'm doing is not what I want to keep doing. For some people, then that could become a full-on career pivot. And, and I don't mean to, to, so let's say that's a great example. So let's say you're going through this, you know, period of your life where I'm not sure what to do. Do you have things where on the site you can kind of maybe take a test 
or just fill things out or what have you that could say somehow have, and in a way, this is how technology would be cool, I guess. Like it's not reliant on someone's opinion, but it's just here are the data and this is the best outcome or one of the outcomes you could do based on this data. Is that? Yeah, so right now our tools are mostly for what I would call the, the clear job seeker. Okay. Right, the job seeker that knows what they want to do. Gotcha. Um, we are working on tools for the job seeker, what we call the unclear job seeker. And now you raised a lot of money for that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we get a little shout out, right? How? Just a few dollars, I think, right? So how, yeah, we raised a little over six million dollars. <laughs> right. So, so that's enough to kind of start doing all those other things, right? Yeah, and the cool thing we like, I've always been, you know, there's like the the RACAC, which is like based off like the Holland codes, mm -hmm. and those surveys, I've, I just don't think that those can be handled in the way that they've historically been handled, right? Where I take a survey, look, a lot of those are from when people were coming home from the war, you know, they would ask questions like, do you like fixing plumbing? Do you like working with your hands? Mm -hmm. And like, some of those are okay, but just like the level, the, the types of careers that people can choose today is so vast that I don't think a simple little test can answer that. It's going to have to be data-driven. And so that's why we started with the clear job seeker because those people are bookmarking jobs. They know what right. they want to do. You know, we have a personality assessment. And so now we've got data that can really help people think about this in a much more expansive way. You can tell us your interests, what domain knowledge do you have? What skills do you have doing? The other thing that a lot of things um, that a lot of those platforms do is I think they try to place you based on who you are and not who you want to be. So I think like using a resume to recommend jobs is fundamentally mistaken because the resume is who I was. And I don't think most people want to do the same job again. So really orienting it towards where people want to go. What ambitions do they have? What, do I, what skills do I want to build? Um, and that's one of the advantages we have is just not being funded by employers. We are exclusively candidate focused, right? Because ultimately an employer, once you start to take money and job boards do this, and it's fine, I'm not critiquing the business model. It's just different from where we want to be, right? As an, a job board, well, I want to pair people with the resume. Like I want someone who's done this before. That is the safest thing I can do as an employer is hire somebody who's done this before. Most people don't want to do the same job again. They want to grow. Mm -hmm. And and so what we want to do is help people achieve those things that are a little harder to achieve. Like, let's make it easier for that company to take that bet on you. Let's not have them feel like it's a bet. Let's not have them feel like it's a risk. So we orient on where you want to go, what experiences you want to gain, not necessarily the ones you've had already. And so it uniquely positions us to be highly aligned with the candidate, grow, help the candidate grow their career, you know, even if that means not presenting themselves in this kind of like sure shot way, but how do we help them like better package their experiences? How do we help them know the right words so that a company might connect with that and not, and like, again, not to like, trick the ATS is a recruiter reading it. If a company uses the word members and the company I worked at used the word users, well, that's a simple fix. That's really tedious and annoying if I'm doing it by hand, but those are absolutely things that we can do by crawling a company's website and say, look, this is the way they talk about themselves. Talk about your experience, your past experiences this way instead. Uh, and so those are the kind of little things that we can do that can help people give them time back, increase their efficacy, things like that. Now, what about if somebody uh, what I've seen a lot lately, everything is so specific. You know, if someone is hiring, and may, maybe it's a little bit different as a recruiter because the bar is higher, but if there's like 10, you know, ingredients on the job 
you know, description, they want someone to have 12 of those ingredients. And it's very specialized marketplace. So do you offer, you know, ways to upskill and train and learn? So if someone comes on there and says, hey, I really want to go or, you know, through the technology, hey, like you said, I want to advance and maybe do, you know, go, go into coding or go into cybersecurity and maybe I have a little bit of it, but I have an aptitude for it. Can they then find ways to get certificates or accreditations or learning so that they can pivot into where they want to go? Yep. So that's what's coming. That's where, okay. that's the first major effort that we're bringing to the platform uh, post-funding. Because um, right now the tools really help you run an effective process. So to answer your question from anyone can sign up for the platform. It's really, like I'd say primarily useful to anyone who's job seeking right now. Um, more so if you're clear, there's still a lot of research tools if you're unclear and job seeking. Uh, we just don't have some of these like tests that help you find the right career right now. So we could re we recommend them, we, we point you to the right resources. But if you're job searching, Teal's uh, helpful. Uh, we have a resume builder, a job tracker, contacts, company tracker, uh, all sorts of really cool things that uh, uh, the extension will automatically analyze your LinkedIn profile so you can fix it for job searching. So a lot of really cool things. It's 100% free and we're really committed for as long as we can to keeping it free. And what we've identified through watching a lot of our users and talking to them, watching their usage on the platform is they do take courses, right? They might infill. Um, you know, I'm a project manager, but I don't have like a PMP certification or, you know, I'm a project manager, but I've been thinking about getting scrum certified and that's a whole process in and of itself. Which one should I use? How do I find it? Where do I get it? And we identified that as an opportunity to, of high alignment with our users, right? They've got a, they've got their current skills and they've got their future skills and we can help them say, Hey, these are some courses ranging from free to a little more expensive that you could use that we know because we've indexed them the same way we do with job descriptions that cover the skills needed for this particular job. And so the goal is like, as you're job searching, you are right there in real time, we will be showing you courses that you could take to gain the skills required by that job. It's so helpful, especially now, because I see we're, we're in this digital age where the time where you could be a generalist and say, oh yeah, Jack could do all these things. Hey, that's what we want. It's like, no, here's what we want. Here's you know the lane you have to swim in. And whether, as you mentioned earlier, whether it should be or shouldn't be, or that's the world should work or not work, that's kind of seems a lot of where we're heading into. So by offering that, that sounds great because sometimes you just need that extra accreditation, that certificate, or just that knowledge that you're lacking, like that little extra. And then not only do you have it, I think, I'm not sure how much I, I feel it's having that to put on your LinkedIn profile resume or the confidence you have when you interview because you know, hey, I've taken that, you know, kind of nano class or maybe I took a six months class or whatever, but I feel good. I feel I know it. I feel like I could go into an interview and I'm not going to have imposter syndrome, like I'm just winging it, but I, I think I really know this. I learned a lot. So I think not only do you learn it, but I would imagine you do better in an interview when you you you're, you feel that I've now possessed that knowledge, and I could do this. I completely agree. I think it'll sure get it on your resume. Yeah. But I think it's more about giving the person the confidence. Yeah. Like people don't want to do a bad job in the job. They don't want to come in and lie. They don't want to like you know. Some of us are a little more comfortable bending the truth than others in storytelling. But a lot of people aren't. 
you know, and I think, I think you're spot on. It's about that confidence. It's, I don't want to set myself up for failure. I want to succeed at this job. I don't want to job search again. And so I think that's absolutely right. Taking those courses gives them the confidence. It makes them feel good. And it, and it just has a really positive effect all the way through. And then from a business model perspective, right, this, this isn't an old model, right? Those can be, um, those are affiliate links. And this is how nerd wallet makes money when they do reviews on credit cards um, and all these platforms you know, want high quality leads coming to their site. So we'll take a bit of a curatorial approach of like, what are the right courses? We're putting a little bit of a, a separation between editorial and monetization and having a wide range so people can have a free choice. Um, but it's really about matching people. And then when people enroll in those courses, we we monetize and, and we make money. So when I think the way I like to think about it is when, when our members grow, we grow. Now, I'm glad you said it because it, it's always easy to say, all right, what's the catch <laughs> you know what I mean? where people who are watching this and listening go that sounds great but wait a minute what's what do I have to so it's really more of hey if I see them from the outside hey you have people in there they, they, they're help they find new jobs and all that kind of great stuff and you know there's kind of an affiliate relationship with all the coursework and everything else and maybe advertisers down the road so this way obviously has to support you and your family and, and in the business so it's everybody wins so it's a good situation you know and you're not asking people to pay out of their pocket right away and then maybe they don't get a job and they're miserable and unhappy and then you're unhappy so it's it's, it's i think that's a good business model i've been looking really looking for alignment all right yeah. like how do we get a win 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 uh, like, here's another example, right? I don't think a single job seeker should not have Grammarly installed in their computer. Like a typo, you know this better than I do as a recruiter, a typo can like end your whole job search. Some people are incredibly criti critical about I that. I know that from writing. I had the, I'm the worst speller. I never realized how bad I am at spelling until I had Grammarly. I really, God, I'm terrible at that. Yeah, I'm really bad. So we recommend Grammarly. If someone signs up for Grammarly, they have a really great affiliate program. We get 20 cents. If someone upgrades to Grammarly Pro, we get $20. And we're just very upfront about it. That's not technology yeah. we're ever going to build because their technology is incredible. Yeah. Um, and so, like you know, those are places where we look for alignment, and we'll, we'll disclose it. Right? We'll be upfront about, hey, look, we get paid, but we really think the software is fantastic. Uh, and the same with the courses and the various tools. And then there's a pairing. If I'm going to take an Adobe Photoshop course, well, you might need to buy Adobe Photoshop or the Creative Cloud, and we can get an affiliate fee on that. And again, we'll continue to disclose it. And we're exploring models where we can even give some of the money back uh, to the person or so they can donate it. Um, but we're really excited about this business model because we really feel like as a person grows and develops, then we grow and it's just incredibly aligned. Now with, with especially in the tech sector, there's a lot of downsizings, hiring freezes, some companies that are rescinding offers. Do you, are you planning on doing anything maybe to help with the layoffs or people who've lost their job? Is there some feature that you can add perhaps? Yeah, this is always such a funny one for me because it is where it helps that the platform's free. I see people and I want to go in and say, hey, we've built tools for you. And it just feels so salesy, you know, yeah. um, but we really have. Um, like these tools are helpful for people in that situation. Um, we've done a couple of things. Um, look, layoffs complicated and there's a lot of things you go through emotionally. Um, but it's also all happened before and there's some best practices. So actually just last week, we released, I think like a 4,000 word, um, maybe even 5,000 uh, playoff, uh, layoff playbook, we're calling it. And it covers things on like, 
you know, if you think you're going to, you know, you know, how to start to document some of your achievements, even before you get laid off, if there's any kind of like contacts or, you know, some people would keep personal stuff on the desktop of their work computer. You know, there's just some like tips in there, like, hey, get those off, you know, do a little bit of like career cleanup while you're here, do some preventative work just in case. And then if you do get laid off, kind of like what to expect, some things to think about, like rolling over your 401ks and being laid off and then, you know, severance agreements and, you know, even some tips and tricks on, you know, not necessarily signing the exit agreement so quickly because that's a moment of leverage mm -hmm. and just giving you a little bit of control in that process because, you know, every dollar that you can get in the severance can help you think through the right thing. So we've really covered like all these things that we know either experientially or as best practice. Um in this big kind of layoff playbook and then even how to start a, how to create a slack community for you and your coworkers, how to join communities so you know in this moment of kind of like rudderlessness you can get back to some of these things that are comforts uh, of structure every morning i log in i see my slack okay well now that i'm not i've kind of lost that i've been untethered well maybe you can join one and you can still talk to people and find some rituals that help you feel a little more structured and what could, you know, what mostly feels is like a very unstructured time. So, so this sounds great. Where now that you have that fundraise, do you have kind of a game plan where you see yourself? You know, and this is kind of an interview question, right? Like, you know, where do you see yourself in three years or three months or six months? Where, how do you see this progressing? Yeah, we're, um, you know, I'm not a person, I'm, I generally don't do a lot of the long term things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like I, from an intentionality perspective, you know, in a year, I would expect like our business models humming. Like I said, we focused on doing good. We intentionally did not focus on making money. Um, and now, you know, we can't continue to exist without that. So building this aligned business model, we feel very strongly about this. We've already signed up great partners like Coursera, General Assembly, Udemy, Udacity, um some really great partners we have that uh, we're good to go it's a model that works they've got great affiliate platforms we've made some key hires from great companies like red ventures and nerd wallets so we've got the right uh, knowledge and skills on the team so I, I fully expect that we'll be there in a year um, and i also think that you know we're kind of approaching a time in the economy where you know, we know historically people do focus on gaining skills leveling up taking a beat um turning to a little more help in this process. So I feel very confident um, that we are in the right place at the right time with the right people to build the right company to help a lot of people and build a lasting, meaningful company. That's great. I say that's a good way. That's a great way to, to kind of wrap it up. So, so for people who want to find you, where should they go? Uh, how do they, how do they kind of join up? Yeah, so you just go to our website. It's teal, like the color, T-E-A-L-H-Q.com. Maybe one day we'll buy teal.com. It's not a good use of resources. So teal HQ, uh, kind of headquarters for your career. And um, yeah, just sign up. It's 100% free. Start using it. Send us feedback. You know, um, if you reply to any of the feedback emails, they will go straight to my inbox. I will answer them. Uh, we're super committed to helping people. I'm really accessible online. Twitter and LinkedIn are my main two channels. And then uh, we're getting increasingly active on TikTok. We have a lot of great career content on TikTok. Leah Zanimer from our team is running that. So, so those are the main channels to get in touch with us. Before we go, why Teal? What's, is there any, any backstory behind that? Or? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, when 
there was a few criteria that I was thinking about when we, when we started the company. Um, one, I didn't want to be bound to something like too functional, like career booster or whatever, you know, <laughs> uh, not that I would think we would change it. Cause I knew this yeah. was the space we were in, but I just think it's, I knew that I wanted us to build a consumer career brand. Um, and I don't think we really like connect to functional names of companies in that way. And so that was something important for me. And then I wanted something that like at its core spoke to growth. Um, and so I actually started with like the color green. Should I just name the company green? Uh, because, you know, but I was like, no, nah, that's a little weird, but you know, green prosperity, green light go, mm-hmm. you know, money, you know, we can, we need it. And let's like, let's talk about it. And so it was like how, you know, in the first version of the company was hazel. Um, which had a shade of green, but then also I was like all this technology. And if you have a bot and you know, it's a, oftentimes a female name and I was like, that's gendered and it could be weird. And I don't think that's right either. Although uh, I have hazel eyes, more I so about. that's, I don't know if that's and, worth, I have hazel. And color a lot of people's though. favorite color. I love the color. Um, but I was like, you know, and I was like, oh, so that's like not really working. Um, and it's green and brown, which is like grounding, but I was like, eh. and so I started to look for other shades of green. Yep. And I remember doing the vividly doing the Wikipedia search and I saw teal. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is better. <laughs> like, this is short. This is punchy. It's green and blue, which is like up yeah. into the sky. Uh, and it just like that. I was like, that's it. Nailed it. And that became the color for a while. There's a t- yeah, I can't remember. Even now. now. Our main color now, it's like a little more green than blue. But yeah, yeah. it also has like automatic teal. branding built into it. And, um, and so, yeah, so it was really about like something that represented growth, prosperity, you could connect to, and the new addition of the new brand is actually the true origin of the color is the teal duck. The side of its face is the teal color. That's where the color comes from. And so we hired this great branding agency order that just gave us this new mark that is really, really cool. And we're really nice. excited about it, but yeah, that's kind of the origins of the name and brand. Well, that's awesome. See, this is great. This is what I love doing these podcasts and these LinkedIn lives because, you know, and I mentioned this, you know, quite often, and you can appreciate this, you know, you turn on cable news, everybody's freaking arguing with each other. They have a whole bunch of boxes of talking heads and everybody's just talking over each other and yelling and doom and gloom. You go on social media and everybody's just, just angry. Now in real life too, everyone's angry, right? <laughs> so like what I try to do both, both in my writing and both in terms of kind of these podcasts is to seek out people and companies that are doing something uplifting, something innovative, new cool technologies, platforms, app that are empowering people. Because to me, like there's enough negativity. I don't want to be part of that. I'd rather be part of solutions. So, you know, when I saw what you're doing, I'm like, hey, yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about it, write about it, you know, kind of amplify it because your, your, your whole goal is to empower people and help people. And I think we're right now, and you mentioned it about the timing. Right now, it's it's a little scary with inflation, yes. with stagflation, you know, recession, maybe World War III, downsizing. People need the help. They need the guidance. They need the help. You know, they need. So, so for people like yourself who are out there who can help them, that's fantastic. It's the right product at the right time. So, so I wish you luck with everything, and thank you for coming on the LinkedIn Live. This is great, and uh, yeah, keep us posted with how things are going. Okay. Well, dude, thanks. I really appreciate the invite. I really appreciate the article. Um, and I'm excited to do more and more things with you. Excellent. Take care, my friend. Take care. See ya. Bye-bye.